0: Uh, so uh, Eric shared a little bit this morning, but I just wanted to start off again. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be sharing on yielding to the Lord. And uh, as many of you know, a few weeks ago I shared a vision uh, on a Sunday morning that the Lord gave me. It was uh, a piece of farm equipment, almost almost like a plow or a tiller, you know, disc tiller, cultivator. Uh, it was red. It was covered in snow. And on the back of the plow were seats, and I saw people clearing the snow off of the seats. I mean, the seats looked like something like uh, you'd see like on a roller coaster almost. You know how everybody would just hop on. And um, I saw people clearing the snow off the seats and sitting down, and the tractor began pulling the plow. And I knew this tractor was the Lord because He was the power pulling it. He was the as a. Yeah, he was the power pulling. And as I thought about this scene, a tractor pulling a plow in the winter snow, I began thinking how out of place it was. It just didn't seem right. I know just a little about farming. I know Gene knows a lot about farming. My grandfather was a farmer. But you don't have to know much about farming around here to know you don't see tractors pulling plows in the winter. Um, the ground is hard and frozen and it's out of season, isn't it? And it just doesn't happen. But the Lord dropped in my heart a question at that moment. It was, will you come into agreement with me, even if it seems out of season? And see, the people were coming into the agreement with the Lord. They were hopping on those seats and saying, yes, Lord, you're doing something in this season. I'm going to hop onto it. So he sat down and come into agreement with what he wanted to do. But what most of you don't know is a couple weeks prior to that vision, Eric approached me about sharing this message tonight this Sunday night and a week or so prior to that I received a prophetic word from Denny Kramer that I was going to preach from the pulpit (laughs) and so my first reaction to that word was oh really (laughs) I questioned it I never I never really wanted to preach from the pulpit, pulpit I didn't feel like that was my calling this isn't a medium or a method that I'm really actually comfortable in As most of you know, I'm very involved in Connect Groups, my wife and I lead Connect Groups, and I'm quite comfortable doing that, sitting down face-to-face with people having conversation. But preaching from here, this pulpit, um, ministering to you guys, the congregation, it's not something that has been deep in my heart. And I've considered it, but never really seriously sought God to see if that's something that he wanted me to do. It was something pastors should do. Or something the people people should do. You know, I'm talking about the people people. Uh, Those who have the gift of gab, right? That's not something for me. Um, But the Lord, through a prophetic word, asked me to preach tonight. And Eric, applying a little pressure, coming into agreement with the prophetic word, which he heard as well. He asked me to preach tonight. And in my wrestling weeks prior to this, the Lord shared that vision with me, asking me to come into agreement with him. So here I am, even if it seems out of season in my life. I'm on the back of that plow. The Lord is pulling me, but I'm definitely in agreement with his word that he spoke. So how did I get here? And that's what I want to share about. I yielded to the Lord, and I want to talk about those two words, yield and Lord. So you guys have all seen this before, I'm sure. You might have even seen one today. Everybody knows what it means, right? We think? We think we know what it means? So? Here's one explanation. I'm hitting the wrong button. That helps. Um, Here's one uh, explanation I found on the yield sign. You let other road users go first, right? It assigns the right-of-way to traffic in certain intersections. Be prepared to let other drivers crossing your road take the right-of-way, right? You don't hop out in front of that semi on 70 when you see a yield sign, right? You let him have the right-of-way. So here's a simple definition that I liked. You should first slow down and possibly stop to see what the other cars are doing. That's a good, simple explanation for what yielding is. So Here's what the dictionary says about yielding in a non-car context. To give way to arguments, demands, or pressure. To cease to argue about. Relinquish possession of something or give up something. Allow another the right to speak in a debate like, you know, in Congress. I yield the floor. You know, I'm giving somebody else the right to speak. And some similar words, some synonyms. Surrender, submit, relent, back down, give in, give up. Show the white flag, I'm yielding, right? So, yielding means to, to give in or give away to something or someone, to its demands, to its pressure. It is not self-focused, it is others-focused, That's what yielding is. So, as I thought about this word for the past few weeks, I asked myself, what or who do I yield to? What? can we yield to? What pressure do we yield to? So as I stopped and thought, there's lots of things we yield to. We yield to we yield to cars, right? That's the obvious context. Uh, we yield to authority, you know, police, teachers, you know, it's uh, people who are more in authority, we yield to. So if yielding means submission, we are essentially saying that which we yield to can control us. You know that semi on 70 when we yield to it we're saying you're in control not me. If a policeman stops you for some reason and what do we do? We recognize his authority. We give up some of our control in lieu of his control. You know we obey him right? Parents, our children yield to us. They allow us some form of control due to the authority that we have right? But what about other things that we can yield to? We can yield to fear. When we yield to fear, we are giving up our power and letting it control us. What about lust, peer pressure? There's a consequence to what we yield to. Romans 6.16 says this, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. And I don't know about you, but when I read a Bible verse, I always like to ask the Lord a question. So this is the question I thought when I read this. Lord, what am I a slave to? We become a slave to what we obey. In other words, we have decided to yield to and become a slave to something. This word slave in the Greek is the word doulos, I didn't look at the pronunciation, but it means a servant, subject to someone or something, a man of service, whether involuntary or voluntary. So how many of us would actually call ourselves slaves even to anything, you know? It's not something we say, I'm a slave to this, right? Most of us, after a short look, would say I'm not a slave to anyone or anything. I'm my own man, right? I'm not a slave to anything, just to God. That's the only thing, right? So this is Oswald Chambers. He, he wrote a devotional posthumously, actually, called My Utmost for His Highest. And um, I just want to read an excerpt of his devotional and yielding. He says this. The first thing I must be willing to admit when I begin to examine what controls and dominates me is that I am the one responsible for having yielded myself to whatever it may be. If I am a slave to myself, I am to blame because somewhere in the past I yielded to myself. Likewise, if I obey God, I do so because at some point in my life I yielded myself to him. When you yield, some, when you yield to something, you will soon realize the tremendous control it has over you. Even though you say, oh, I can give up that habit whenever I like, you will know you can't. You'll find the habit absolutely dominates you because you willingly yielded to it. So I don't know about you, I can identify with what you just shared there. Have you ever tried to break a habit? You know, I have some habits, I still have a habit of drinking pop too much. I chew my fingernails. I waste a lot of time entertaining myself, whether it be TV or video games. I've gained ground on some of these things, but they are still habits. Uh, They're hard to give up. I am basically a slave to these things for having yielded to them at some point. And you might say, but Jeff, these are some innocent habits. Calling yourself a slave to these things is a little harsh. But what if we got really honest with ourselves and we dug a little bit deeper and you get a little more introspective into your life. You know as a teenager I yielded to lust and I yielded to pornography. I became a slave. I felt like it was inescapable and only recently really has the Lord delivered me from that bondage of shame, lust, and pornography. And why did he deliver me? Because I yielded myself to him. Instead of yielding myself to the shame and the fear that controlled me. 1 Corinthians 6.12 says this, You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Here's a question I ask myself, if it doesn't hurt me, it's Okay. What, what have I become a slave to that I think it was okay? So we, we tend to say if it doesn't hurt me, I'm okay, right? But we don't often stop and think about what the potential outcome is of the things we yield to. So obviously what should we yield to? Any guesses? The Lord. That's right. Good job, Mom. You got it. We should yield to him because he's, he's Lord and he's a wonderful and a good father. So that brings me to our second word, Lord. You know, we would all say that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, but have you ever really stopped to consider what Lord actually means? Sometimes I feel like we treat it as just another name for Jesus, as just a nickname. We've become familiar with it, you know, yes, Lord, dear Lord. No, I love you, Lord. You know, it's just a name. But what does the Lord mean? T- in the dictionary, it means this. Someone or something having power, authority, or influence. A master or a ruler. Uh, what does the Lord mean to you? Is it just a nickname to you guys? Here's what it says in the Greek in the New Testament. The Greek word for Lord is despotes. It's yes, that's where I got the word word despot comes from. It applies someone exercising unrestricted power and absolute domination confessing no limitations or restraints. It's an authority figure, a master who exercises complete jurisdiction and wields unrestricted power. When you look at that definition, how many of us can completely and honestly say Jesus is Lord? It's disconvicting me. Do I give the Lord complete jurisdiction in my life? Does he have permission to every part of me? Does he have unrestricted power over my life? Or do I just give him parts? You know, he can have my Sunday mornings, maybe a few minutes during the week. Monday evening, that's my time. Tuesday evening... That's my time. Wednesday through Saturday, that's my time. My smartphone, my Facebook, my habits, my TV, my video games, my money, my house, my car, my spouse, my kids, my relationships, mine, mine, mine. We have such a hard time yielding to this man we loosely call Lord, but doesn't he deserve all of it? What do we deserve? We deserve nothing. We deserve punishment. We deserve death. Ephesians 2.4, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Lord, how do I respond to such love? Well, we were all dead. He loved us and saved us. He's Savior and Lord, and he does not relent. He wants all of us. That's how you respond. Psalm 119.2. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. Matthew 22.37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Lord, am I seeking you with all my heart or just yielding part of it? Hudson Taylor was a missionary to China for 50 years in the 1850s, and this is what he said. Christ is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. Think about that. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. It's humbling and convicting, isn't it? You know, as I continue to look inward, maybe as you continue to look inward at your heart, you realize your heart is a tangled mess. We have intertwined lives, sometimes one foot in the world, one foot in the church, one foot in the word. This Lord, the one who deserves unrestricted access and power to our lives, is pushed aside too often. And we yield to other more convenient, easy, fun, entertaining things. What are we to do with these choices? Do we yield to the, to the inferior things? First John two fifteen sixteen 16 says this, do not love the world or the things it offers you for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. Lord, what am I craving? Romans 12, 1 and 2, familiar verse. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, that's the proper response, isn't it, to that love he gave us, that we offer ourselves back to him as a sacrifice. But Lord, what, what patterns of this world am I following? You know, when we came to salvation received freedom for our sin, we made a declaration. Jesus is Lord. And as such, we have an obligation to present ourselves to him as a sacrifice, a willing sacrifice, a living and acceptable sacrifice. In doing so, we are to stop living our lives like the world does. So what are the patterns of this world You know, the world has patterns for all these things. It has patterns for our money, debt, time, fashion, relationships, sex, dating, marriage, TV, video games, how you talk, what your language is, gossip, your discipline, your job, your school, your authority, how you parent your kids, your schedule. The world has a pattern for all these things. How does the world handle these things? Lord? Am I any different from the world? Are we copying these patterns? Are we acting and living like the world? You know, I don't know about you, but it's probably easier for you to point out what somebody else is doing like the world than what you're doing like the world. Do you ever consider yourself, how am I conforming to the world Am I any different than the world? I'd love to uh, look just introspectively at myself and just allow the Lord to just take a peek. Say, Lord, what, what am I? How am I different than the world? Am I any different? Romans 12 goes on to say that we are to let God transform us. How do we do that? By yielding to him. It says he'll change the way we think. Renew our minds. How do we do that? By yielding to him. And it says that we will be able to test and understand what God's will is. We'll learn what God's will is for our lives. But what starts by yielding to him. You know, Jesus is to be our Lord, so we're to yield to him. Everything to him and give him unrestricted access to our lives. So again, as I was looking at this stuff, and I found this, these quotes from Oswald Chambers and Hudson Taylor. This is what Oswald Chambers said, and it's where he got the name for his devotional. Shut out every other consideration and keep yourself before God for this one thing only, my utmost, the best of me, the best part of me, to his highest to him I'm determined to be absolutely and entirely for him and for him alone are you determined to be absolutely and entirely for him alone I don't know about you but my spirit is willing but my flesh is weak I want it to be easy and God hasn't called us to a life of easiness. You can see there, here's what Hudson Taylor said about easiness. An easygoing, non self denying life will never be of one of power. We can continue living easygoing lives. I could have just said to the Lord, uh, eh, Eric, Tom, they're the ones that are supposed to preach. But I didn't. We'll never walk in the power we want if we just live easygoing lives. So we have a choice to make. I'm hitting the right button, there it is. To yield or not to yield? Some of you recognize the picture, the context? It's from the movie, The Matrix, back in the 90s, late 90s, one of my favorite movies back then. We have a choice. In that movie, um, Morpheus offered the red or blue pill to Neo. What, what they were trying to explain to Neo was that he was living in a world of lies. Walking in a lie, he didn't even know, realize he was living Lie a lie. And he had a choice to make. He could take the blue pill. Continue living your life just as it is, just like the world does, oblivious, material, self centered. Or take it with the red pill. Throw away all the, lives, the lies, the beliefs that have swept you up in the world and search for the truth. So, to yield or not to yield, what are we going to choose? The red or the blue pill? I think the Bible is very clear that if we don't yield to him, we're actually not allowing him to be the Lord that we confessed him to be. But thank the Lord that he loves us so much. He's so forgiving. He's so good, so gracious. He walks alongside of us, and all we need to do is just shift. Shift. We need to change our posture to him. We need to, we need to recognize our position and recognize his position. He is Lord, and I'm slave to him. So how do I yield? The way I see that is to go back to that yield sign and rewrite that definition a little bit. You should first slow down and possibly stop in order to see what the Lord wants. So what's an area of your life right now that you could yield to the Lord? You know, that's how I was, that's how I ended up here. I was presented with a choice to yield or not. My flesh said no. I'm not going to preach. Let Eric do it, let Tom do it, which is exactly what the prophetic word said, <laughs> that I would say that. Send Tom, send Eric, send Tom, Dick or Harry, send somebody else. But I decided to submit and surrender to my Lord. He spoke to me through prophetic words, through Eric. And in a vision, and I made this choice to yield to him and what he was doing. So I slowed down. I stopped to ask him. I wrestled with it. I wrestled with him. Lord, what are you doing here, Lord, in this situation you're calling me to? You know, even in yielding to Eric and when he asked me to share. I was yielding to the Lord. Eric and Tom are pastors of this house, and they've been given to us as an authority in our lives. They hear from the Lord, too. Their desire is for all of us to grow. And even as they agreed with the word spoken over me, I I came to yield to them, to the Lord, and to their authority but perhaps you're in a similar place as I was. Perhaps you're following a pattern in this world that Jesus wants unrestricted access to, where he can be Lord. Perhaps you've had a prophetic word in your past where God is calling you a certain direction. He wants to be Lord over that decision. I didn't want to let him be Lord over that decision. It was, well, not now. Maybe in 20 years I'll preach from the pulpit, not now. Perhaps you come here on a Sunday morning or tonight, Sunday night, sit through the service and check the box and don't apply the word of the Lord that was shared. I've, been, I've done that before. I've been in that habit. But even in that, hearing the word of the Lord, the Lord wants you to yield what you've heard to what you've heard. You know, isn't that what Jesus did? He yielded to the Father. You know, in John 5, it says, Jesus only did and said what he saw the Father say and do. He yielded everything to the Father, even to the cross. And we're all called to yield exactly the same. Sorry, we are not all called to yield exactly the same. I don't yield the same way as Bruce yields. I don't yield the same way Alger yields. You know, I may be called to yield my money differently than you, but we're all called to yield our money. Just because it appears someone is doing more or less yielding than you doesn't mean you aren't doing what the Lord asks. You know, the Lord, He cares about our heart, not the quantity of our yielding. And as I, as I, you know, as I was thinking about this message and thinking about what <laughs> I'm sharing, you know, I came to this point of, I don't know how to live this life of yielding as an American. You know, I'm not sure what it means exactly. We, we have so much. We crave so much. You know, as John 1 says, we, we, we crave pleasure and material things and our pride and, you know, but I've chosen to yield some things. I've chosen to yield my finances to the Lord because I've desired to be debt free. I don't want to be a slave to my debts. You know, if the Lord called me somewhere, I don't want to say, no, Lord, I have a house payment. I can't go. No, Lord, I have a car payment. I've got to pay off my loans. I can't go. You're going to have to wait five or ten years. You know, the Lord constantly convicts me on my TV and my entertainment habits. My wife and I, we've made a choice to yield to the Lord what we watch on TV, what we allow our kids to watch. You know, we're not 100% there, but God is still refining our habits. The Lord has asked me for 20 years to yield my time to him. Now 20 years ago, uh, Denny Kramer first prophesied over me and he said, the Lord says to redeem your time. And in those 20 years I've spent, I don't even want to count the hours of video games I played in the last 20 years or TV that I watched. The Lord wants all of my time. He wants more of me. And praise the Lord, he doesn't relent. He doesn't give up on us. You know, my wife, She's made the choice to yield herself to the Lord when it comes to what she wears. You know, American fashion sometimes doesn't leave much to the imagination. But my wife strives to dress modestly, to honor the Lord in that, to honor me as her spouse, and to honor others. You know, there's there's things like that that we can yield. But what I want is a life completely yielded to him I want to be a vessel that he looks at and says yes that is someone I can use I don't want to be at a point where I say no to the Lord you know it's it's this thing of just recognizing our position And coming to an, if if you're going to admit that he's your Lord and Savior, then when he asks you to do something, you have to say yes. You can't say no. He's Lord. He He deserves it. And so that's what I I strive to be, I strive to do is swallow my pride, okay, Lord, let's do this. And he holds your hand and walks alongside you. You know, he doesn't push you out there and let you fall down, flat on your face. He's he's a loving Lord to just, um, yeah, he just takes you by the hand and so let's go. So what will you give the Lord unrestricted access to? Can he choose to do decide what you do with your money? About your, what about your time, your schedule, your, your kid's schedule? You no, know, will you give him access to that? Your decisions <laughs> will you allow him to help decide how you dress, what you watch on TV. <laughs> Are you willing to say, Yes, Lord, you have full access to my life. I will obey. I will yield even though it's uncomfortable, even though I don't know how, (laughs) will you say yes? No, I loved it that that last song that we sang, when you walk into the room, we all sang it together. All this is for you. And I think, again, we don't recognize that what we just sang. We are declaring to the Lord, All of me, all of me is yours, but I've been so in the habit of when I leave, well, not this, this this part's not yours, but all of us is his. That's what he deserves. Oh, thank you. So now you have an opportunity to yield. (coughs) Will you apply what I just shared? Are you going to yield to what the Lord has spoken today? You know, in James, what's it say? Be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. So let's just take a moment and ask the Lord I know, I know it's hard to say, "Oh Lord, you can, have, you can have it all." So let's start small. and just pray with me, the Holy Spirit, Lord, where what is the one thing right now, just the one thing, Lord, that I can yield, that you want me to yield more to you? Or maybe it's my thoughts things I think about myself, the things I think about others. Lord, I yield that to you. Lord, what is it? What do you want? Lord, we repent. Lord, we repent for for living lives as we see fit, Lord. For living our lives with us, in control. And us in the driver's seat, Lord, when when we confess You as our Lord and Savior, Lord, we thank You, Lord, for salvation. But we didn't surrender our lives. Not fully. And we repent of that, Lord. Lord, we thank You that You're a loving Father. You're a loving God. That You are so good. Lord, that You're not mad at us for not yielding, Lord, but that you and your gentle love just continue to push and pry and apply little pressure here and there. But we just give ourselves to you. I recommit myself to you, Lord, as I want to be that willing vessel that says yes, Lord, that yields to you. That, oh Lord, to see the joy on your face when you ask and I jump and say yes, I will do that. What can I do for you, Lord? Not what you can do for me. Lord, I just I want to abandon myself to you. I want to empty myself of all selfishness, Lord, all greed. Lord, everything that's about me and me and me and what I want, Lord, I just, I declare it's all yours, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for the grace that you'll give us, Lord. Lord, you're such a good God that you don't ask us to do things on our own effort. You ask us to do things, then you help us along with it, Lord. We just thank you for that. We love you, Lord. Take our hearts, Lord. Take all of us. In Jesus' name, amen.